0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. My name is Jesse Romero. We've got a great show for you today. A lot of topics uh, that are very relevant. This is the month of September, by the way. Just want to remind you, it's the month dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. Yep. If you don't know the devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows, this is a devotion given to us by St. Bridget of Sweden. And during this month of Our Lady of Sorrows, we invite you, as you pray your daily rosary, to dedicate it and pray it to Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, Our Lady of Sorrows... She'll give you the particular grace when you pray to her to reveal to you any sins, any vices, or any generational spirits that could be plaguing a person, a family member, or down your family line. Uh, Terry, I'm on duty. What about you? I'm on friend? duty,
1: Jess. And yes, it is today the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And why do we uh, promote Our Lady? Uh, why? Because she gave us Christ. you know any other women that gave us Christ directly? Mm-hmm. I don't. She's special. Nope. And that's why we're going to talk about her. And yes, Jess, we've got, you know, the good to no-file information uh, going on today. But we're going to be talking about some very interesting topics. Like, for example, uh, CatholicVote.org. I want to encourage people always to go to their website. They're doing great work. And they're going to talk about the people who are standing up for our faith in spite of persecution. We need people, more people doing that. That's how we're making progress. Also... The double slavery of the Internet and its liberation when you can control yourself with your Internet usage. How do you do that? We'll talk about that. And then, Jess, I i think the people have to wait to the fourth segment to hear this beautiful testimony that you have regarding a priest in your life who really, really touched you when you needed it at the beginning of your walk with Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be talking about a tribute to our priest. I can't believe the one that touched me most is a priest. He happens to be the Archbishop Fulton Sheen. But yeah. we're going to talk about that and much, much more. But, Jess, I wanted to get a good news file. I'm in California. We call it Sodom and Gomorrah here. Well, California throws out a very dangerous bill to to let kids get COVID jabs without parental approval. This knucklehead, uh, Scott Weiner who's a active homosexual. He's doing all kinds of bad things. at legislation. He's the author of this. They're shelving it. Why? Again, Jesse, because people like you and I spoke up and said, wait a minute, that's not going to happen. Hey, we brought you in. We're going to kick you out. And so the point I'm making is more and more people are standing up. Why? Because they need to. And this is how we're going to confront the age that we're in, which is so evil. All right. Yeah. How about you? Sure you, you got s- some good ones? Yeah. <coughs>
0: Yeah, I got some things that we need to know what's happening okay. in our culture and in our country. TikTok is promoting child sex surgeries. Oh, my God. Uh, Laura Dugan, yeah, it's not good. she's a journalist. She reports on a re- review of TikTok, uh, which is an app that found countless videos of young people. Most of them, they appear to be in their teen years. They're showing off their mastectomy scars. That means, you know, they sliced off their breasts. Yep. They're lying in hospital beds after operations. And they're trying to raise money for these procedures. This what I call Frankenstein science. Exactly. The website TikTok. It also features videos of minors showing the impact, the impact of cross-section hormones, what it has on their voice, their appearance, and uh, and 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 TikTok is promoting and encouraging this type of Frankenstein medicine. Also. Uh, Memphis, the city of Memphis, Tennessee, I've been, been there years ago. It was once a jewel. Oh, yeah. But Tucker Carlson, he reports that, that there was an abduction and a murder yeah. of Elisa Fletcher. And it's showing the dangerous decline of the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. But not only Memphis, all over the country, Terry. Oh, of course, it's all over. A, an American citizen should be able to live or walk anywhere in America without being raped or murdered. But, but guess what? That's no longer the case. Because increasingly what we're seeing in our country is there are some places you can't go to. There are some places that are just too dangerous for you to go to. And most people are starting to accept this by default. But uh, the reason is because of this whole defund the police program. We should never live under this type of, this type of fear as a nation. Also, another good news yes. story well, this is a good news story. Yeah, I don't know. The other one was terrible. Ca- Go ahead. Yeah, the other two. Yeah, Catholic actor <laughs> it tackles human trafficking. Catholic actor uh, Eduardo Varese, a friend yeah, of the show. He's a good man. Yeah, he's launched a national campaign in Mexico to combat human trafficking. Good. <clears throat> he uh, he was it, he he just came out with a movie. It's called Sound of Freedom, and it hits Amazon Prime on September eighth today. It starts today on Amazon Excellent. Prime. So uh, Eduardo Verastigi says that the fight against human trafficking and he says is my number one mission right now. God love him. And you can read about the film that inspires him and his efforts to partner with local governments in dozens of Mexican states in order to eliminate threats to children. And finally, here's good news, another good news item. The Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> they're they're going to delay the implementation of a new policy for Catholic schools on gender identity. Yep and gender dysphoria following feedback and questions from Catholic school administrators and members of school communities. So the Archdiocese of Omaha will incorporate feedback from mom and dad awesome, and, and educators yeah, to promulgate a new policy mm-hmm. for 2023, according to a letter to parents from Archbishop George Lucas. Got now, I'll man. be honest with you, Archbishop George Lucas, uh, <clears throat> uh, he's one of the pro-LGBT bishops, but... At least he's listening to the voice of Catholic parents and saying, they don't want this in Catholic schools. We need to take it out.
1: Yeah, and then again, Jesse, this is the common theme right now. Speak up about our faith. Don't be quiet right now. We don't need, we have to become first century Christians again, Jesse, where we speak up and share our faith with anyone by the way we live it, the way we talk about it, and even the way we dress. They know that we're different. All right, brother. Let's get some soul food unless you got another one. No, that's nope. it, Terry. Soul food. What what reading are you going to use for today's feast, Jess?
0: I'm going to uh, I'm going to use the uh yeah. The 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 reading the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. There was an option, option either eight, Micah yeah. or Romans. Got it. Chapter uh, use, 8 yeah, 28 very, to 30. It's very short, oh, but good. it's very yeah. it's very oh, yeah. poignant. I got it. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 to 30. He writes, "Brothers and sisters, and notice here's something interesting, fellas. In the Bible, when you see a prophet or one of the one of the one of the uh, apostolic writers or hebrew writers as are penning the letter they'll always say brothers first and sisters after there's a reason for that it's because adam beca- came first Eve came from the side of Adam. So whenever you're at Holy Mass and you you hear somebody saying sisters and brothers, they made that up on the spot, because it doesn't say that. So any lector that says sisters and brothers, or even the priest says that, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible always uses the proper order of creation, which is Adam first and Eve next. I just wanted to put that out there because sometimes when I'm at Holy Mass at different parishes and I hear the lector, the lay lector says sisters and brothers, I elbow my wife Anita and I say, it's not what it says in the Bible. So I just, you know, and she goes, I know, I know. So let me, okay. Brothers and sisters, we know that all things work for good. Amen. All things, cancer, wars, yep. AIDS, God divorce, out of it all. tragedy, right. auto accidents, all things, all things, all things, all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, that means God knows everything. Mm-hmm. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, you want to know if you're predestined by God? Simple. The Blessed Virgin Mary told us a sign of predestination is if you pray the rosary every day. Yep, That's a sign that you're predestined by God, that you're going to heaven. Uh, and so people say, well, how do I know I'm predestined? Yes. I'll tell you what the Blessed Virgin Mary said. One of the signs of predestination in the 15 promises of Our Lady in the rosary, she says that those that have Marian devotion, Marian piety, you love to wear the the miraculous medal, the brown scapular, rosary in your pocket, daily rosary, 12 noon Angelus. Those that have a special love for Mary are predestined to go to heaven. It says, the Bible says, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, talking about Jesus. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. How are we justified at the waters of baptism? Make you a child of God. That's how you were justified and put in a right relationship with God. And it says, and those he justified, he also glorified. What does that mean? It means glorified means you're destined to go to heaven. Glory means that your future is heaven with Christ. And so... As Catholics, we don't believe in double predestination like Muslims teach and like Calvinists teach. We believe in limited predestination, that God knows everything and that God, his divine providence is at at work in our life. But God also respects our free will. So our actions and our behavior are a combination of Jess Romero's free will, working with God's divine providence by grace to get me to heaven. Terry?
1: Jess, I can't have said it any better. That was so beautiful because this answers the question about evil, even evil in the world. It answers the question of bad things happening to good people. Sheen's mm-hmm. oh, coming Okay, I'll get him in real quick before the break. <clears throat> He's got a great quote about charity, Jesse. Full Sheen ahead. He says, charity is to be measured not by what one has given away, but by what One has left. So don't measure your generosity by how much you give, but rather how much you have left over. That hit me when I was young. I'll never forget Mm. Fulton Sheen saying that. So I thank Bishop Sheen for that. And again, people can go to our YouTube channel, Full Sheen Ahead. uh, And there you can see all the Bishop Sheen quotes and also a lot of our videos that, from Bishop Snyder to Father Chad Ripperker, lots of different videos that are available. So go to our Full Sheen Ahead YouTube channel, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jess, when we come back from the break, let's hit it hard, man. I really believe that we need to become first century Christians again because we're going to talk about those people who are standing up for their faith in a world that's going to persecute them for just saying the right thing. And these are the people that should be inspiring us to do likewise. Stay with us, family. When we come back, this should inspire you to speak the truth with charity and clarity.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show
1: to join the conversation. Call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We're back to Terry and Jesse show. <laughs> we want to share with you. Yep. Heroes and zeros in the month <laughs> yeah. of August. Catholic Vote, they're a good organization. And what they do is they look at Catholic politicians and they tell us who the, the, the giants are. Yep, the, the good guys the heroes, and the bad guys. And the, the good guys and bad guys, basically really. just like, like an umpire. Yep. So let's look at some of these heroes in the month of August that just passed because we're now in the month of September. Yeah. So the first hero is Jim Harbaugh. He's the Michigan Wolverines head coach. Jim Harbaugh drew fire this summer when he was outed as pro-life on social media. That took a lot lot of guts for a football coach oh, to come yeah. off pro-life. The progressive news sources publicized a speech he gave celebrating the Dobbs decision hmm. that overturned Roe versus Wade, that ungodly law, and it turned this football coach into a target for vile attacks. But this devout Catholic father and football star He leaned into the pressure, and instead of backing off, he made no secret about his pro-life convictions, even as he became a target by the liberal summer of rage people. But he didn't back down. In fact, he doubled down, and he knows that being pro-life isn't just about private opinions. It has to be public, and it has to be bold. God bless Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, see,
1: I know there's others, but I'm going to jump in. You didn't even know I was going to do this, but when you were... A fired-up Catholic Christian, when you came into your faith as a cop, uh, let's just say that some of the guys were a little surprised when you would uh, not back down on some moral things. For example, Jesse Romero, when uh, some of the guys were bringing immoral pictures into the locker room, uh, you were at a point in your life that, in the past, you probably wouldn't have said a thing. You're like, okay, well, that's what they're doing. that's what right. They're into that, okay. But what happened when you got convicted— with Jesus Christ in your life, Jess, what did you do in, the, in that place?
0: As a result of uh, my friendship with a guy named Paul Clay, who yep. was a Protestant at the time, Terry, yep. yep. going to Calvary Chapel, he had a profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I felt the love of Jesus in his heart like I'd never felt before from any other person. Yeah. He evangelized me. Yep. He was a Protestant at the time. Mm-hmm. At that moment, <clears throat> I basically basically returned to my Catholic roots. I went to a Catholic retreat.
1: Thanks be to God. At a,
0: my parish called Santa Rosa Catholic Church. It was called an evangelization retreat. I opened my heart to Christ. Amen. I saw the world different. But Paul Clay, he nudged me in that direction. Yeah. And so you're talking about one day when I was working at uh, an East, East Los Angeles sheriff <laughs> station as a young rookie. Yep. I walked in and I saw the entire locker room. It was plastered with with uh, a centerfold Uh, posters of naked women all around the police locker room. So probably about a hundred posters. Wow. I walked in guys were, you know, fist pumping, high-fiving, you know, you know, you know, Ooh, 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 yeah, check that out. Yeah. I walked in again. I had already had that experience of Jesus. I'm in my mid, my mid to late twenties. And I'm like saying, no, this isn't, this isn't right. But but I kept my mouth shut because I I was highly outnumbered. Yeah. So, uh, I put on my police uniform. I walked, got the shotgun, went into my car. My partner with me, he looked at me and he says, hey, dude, why are you mad? I said, hey, I said, we're a bunch of adults. I said, why would the guys that we work with, why would they do this to our locker room? they didn't. They, we didn't take a vote on this. I wasn't asked. The, my partner, his name's Art at the time. He says, hey, you know what? It's not your locker room. You share it with 200 cops. He says, so just get over. It's not your locker room. If you don't like it. Don't look. And I said, all right. So uh, needless to say, I was pretty upset for the next eight hours, uh, you know, working in a car with, with, with my partner, Art, uh, got my work done, got home. The next morning, I came back early to work, about an hour early. Nobody was there way before roll call. <laughs> I took off all the posters off the wall, Terry. Awesome. All of them. Wow. That... 100 posters, took them off, ripped them in two or three, pla- in, in two yeah. or three pieces, went to the dumpster, and I threw them away. So, on the first one, I'm putting on my uniform. Oh boy, you're in trouble now. And guess what? All of a sudden, the guys start coming into work. Yeah. One at a time. Everybody's putting up, you know, going to the lockers to put on their uniform. And they're looking at the bare walls, and people are having Tourette syndrome. Who the blank took off our girls? Who the yeah. b- People were mad. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> I just put on my boots, kind of shining my boots. Yeah. Then one guy, again, there's always, there's always, yeah. there's always a, a a Judas in the bunch. One guy said, he goes, "Hey, I walked in here. Jess Romero was already here when I got here. Here's the only one here. I think Jess did it." And the <laughs> other guy said, "Yeah, if anybody would take them down, it would be it would be him." And so all of a sudden, yeah. about 10 big w- cops walked towards me. Yeah. And I'm ready to go to roll call. Yeah. And they said, hey, Jess, we want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, no. And I, I could just tell by their faces Boy. exactly what they're going to say. Yeah. They go, hey, did you take the posters down? And they were not happy. Yeah, I could tell. And, and a lot of these guys, I worked with a bunch of tough guys, here. I'm telling you, yeah. I worked with guys that were ex-raiders. Wow. Ex NFL football players. Wow! Uh, I worked with guys that were ex Navy SEALs. Oh my goodness! Ex- no, I worked with some bad hammer. dudes, man. I worked with some bad dudes. I know. trust me. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 you these in guys trouble, still, Jesse. Yeah, these guys Cull were still in shape. These guys were still working out. Yeah. So about t- and they were they're yeah. my friends, but yeah. they looked at me. And they said, "Why Why'd you take off the posters?" At that point I said, Man, Holy Spirit help me. I was Thanks. I was afraid. Because I said, These ten guys are man,
1: yeah. It's, gonna not, it's over. not gonna it's
0: not gonna it's not gonna be pretty.
1: Yeah.
0: What I did, I said, I just I just gotta be bold. I went from the floor and I jumped on the bench because there's a bench where you sit on between yeah. the lockers. I jumped on the bench, so now I'm like I like made like a pulpit for myself, Now I'm looking at, down at all the guys. Yes. And now I took the high ground. What I said yeah, yeah, all right, guys, it was me. I came in here and I took off these nude posters. Why? You know why? Because I care for you guys. Exactly. Because, and then I started one on one, I did out it. I said, You, Tommy, you went to Sacred Heart High School. You, Isaac, you went to Cantwell High School. You, you, Danny, you went to uh, uh Bosco Tech High School. <laughs> Guy, we're better than that, man. We're Catholics. We're married. I know your wife. I know your wife. I know your kids. I've been to barbecues at your house. Come on, guys. We're better than this. Excellent. Terry, I talk them down. Imagine. Because I didn't wag my finger. I didn't say, yeah. you guys are all a bunch of mortal sinners. You're going to go to hell yeah. because you're watching naked women? I didn't do that. Yep. That would have been a losing Great. proposition. That's right. You I couldn't it. have said that to, to 200 guys in a locker room, especially 10 guys that want to kick my butt. Yep. I appealed to something inside. I said, guys, I did this because I care for you. Yep. This isn't good for us. It's not good for me to look at look at naked women. It's not like good for you, Danny, Isaac, Tommy. It's not good for you, bro. I said, I know your wives. I, want, I said, let's protect our marriages. Yep. I said, we're better than that. When we hit the streets right now in a black and white, people look at us. We're in uniform. We got guns and shotguns. We're better than that, man. Yep." Let's not act like the people that we take to jail. Let let's 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 raise the bar. Guess what, Terry? Oh my God! Every one of them. I mean, they had awesome. their fists clenched. They had their fists clenched. Yeah. Every one of them, one at a time, they unrolled their fist and they walked away to roll call.
1: Yep, that's a great I'm story, like, Jesse. That's why I wanted I, to I share that. I wiped my forehead. I said, yeah.
0: "Damn, I thought I was going to get my
1: oh, butt absolutely. Here. You 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 were on the line, Jesse. You were like." Uh, and, and thanks be to God, you had the the uh, the knowledge and the love of God to know that hey, how, how can I relate to these guys in a way that they can understand that I did them a favor, and you did.
0: Yeah, Terry. Because if I would have said it any other way, I would have had twenty fists pounding my face, and they would have done it. Because I've seen them do it before to yeah. other people. All right. And so, the, Thank the point you, that Jesse. I'm the, yeah, the yeah. point that I'm making, Terry. The point that I made, and we, we went, when we went to the car and hit the streets, guess what? These guys, everybody has a conscience. You know that we have, in the, in the police cars, we have mobile digital devices where you can send computer messages from car to car. Oh, okay. I'm getting all these computer messages as I hit the streets, and guys are saying, hey, thanks, Romero. Thanks a lot. We needed to hear that. I'm getting another. <laughs> so all these cars Incredible. are sending me messages That's to awesome. my car, and it says, hey, Jesse, thanks a lot, bro. You're a real true friend. Thanks a lot. You were right. We were wrong. And so, again, it wasn't popular what I did, but following Jesus isn't necessarily popular. Exactly. But uh, we do it because uh, it's the right it be- thing to it's do. It's the right Jess. thing to do. Yeah. Jess, thanks for sharing that. There's another story about Wendell Perez. You want to share that one? Wendell Perez, Catholic father, sued employees of, of his local school district after his 12 year old daughter attempted to hang herself in a school bathroom. Yep. The child had suffered from gender dysphoria and the school staff manipulated her into adopting male behaviors while at school and hiding her struggles from her parents. The The lawsuit contends that the school recklessly endangered the child's health and violated Perez's fundamental rights as her parent. One school counselor, according to the lawsuit, cited Perez's Catholic faith as the reason they were trying to protect her confidentiality. The case gained national attention in August as thousands of Floridians ousted progressive school leaders in multiple counties, including Perez's own county. One more good news story before we go to the next segment. Yep. Bishop Robert Barron. Yep. He's now in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. He's, he's an ordinary bishop
1: now, so he's in charge. Well, share the story, Terry. Share no, the story. I, I love it because I shared a little of it the other day. He's, he's now, um, a, he's, he's going and I'd say presenting a deep moral flaws of, President Biden's pro-abortion advocacy. So he's going after him. He says, I'm sorry to say that in regards to the most pressing moral issue of our time. He stands worth both right reason and explicit teaching of the Catholic Church. Barron in other says, words, just
0: against. <laughs> against.
1: Against, yes. Bishop Barron enjoys a following, as you know, of millions of Catholics. I don't happen to agree everything he says on his, but I watch his videos a lot. And what I see now, Jesse, now that he's an ordinary of a diocese he's in charge of the diocese when you're an auxiliary bishop you know what you are you, you have no authority you're working under the archbishop or the cardinal yeah, so now true. that he is like bishop joseph strickland he's an ordinary for tyler then it, all the responsibility goes on him and so i see him now <clears throat> doing things that i never saw him do in los angeles and i think it's it's a good thing and we should thank him and i would even say write to him and say Keep it up. Keep speaking up, because if we would have done more of this before the election, us our church, Mr. Biden, would not be the president of the United States. We'd look the other way as a church and would not confront him on these issues until after he was the president. That's my take. And, Jess, that's a hard thing to say, but come on. we got to form our citizenship. we got to form our listeners. we got to form our church to know that you can't be voting for a pro-abortion candidate. Now, I'll say it one more time. I've said it on the radio as if you're Catholic and you're a Democrat and you voted for uh, Biden knowing that he's for abortion, go to confession because right. you can't be. And I'm doing this out of charity. I don't spite you. I want you to go to confession because you participated in what he's doing right now because you voted for him. Am I off? Am I off, Jess?
0: Terry, you're, that's exactly what the catechism says in the Bible. Yes. I mean, you're, you're right in line with church teaching. Mm-hmm. Terry, the two zeros for the month. Yeah, of give August, us the zeros. man. Uh, we're not going to have time to go through it, but it's Joe O'Day, yeah, pray he's actually conversion. a Republican senatorial candidate in Colorado. Yep. Uh, yeah, the man is. Uh, yeah, the, the man is. Uh, pray for
1: him. And one more it's, Republican, it's, it, yeah. Tim Ryan. Democrat. Pray for these guys because yeah, they're they're both
0: pro-abortion. Yeah, and, and they're Catholic. Just yeah. like Biden and Pelosi. Both are both are fake Catholics. Yes. So O'Day and Tim o, Tim Ryan, both fake Catholics. One from Colorado, one from Ohio. Hey, up next, we're going to talk about the double slavery of the Internet. Stay slavery with us. Slavery liberation. We'll check it out. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry
1: and Jesse Show. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: The Double Slavery of the Internet. Great article by... And Liberation, David, I might add, too. And libera- Go ahead. By David Duvall. Yeah, good guy. Good guy. Yeah, He writes, Twice in the last month, mm-hmm. sweet deliverance has been given to us. <laughs> Twice we have stopped in the middle of the Red Sea,
1: turned around,
0: and returned to Egypt. Yeah. I refer, of course, to the Lord's taking home internet away from us. So he's talking about him and his family. Exactly. Yeah, he says... So David Duvall says about him and his family losing the internet. He says... The first time was a couple of weeks before our move from Minnesota. Returning home from a goodbye party with some friends in southern Minnesota, we saw as we entered the back alley, large limbs and an energy company uh, company truck blocking the path. A large upper branch on our neighbor's ancient cottonwood tree had succumbed to Mr. Newton's gravity <laughs> and had taken with it many of its power mates, yep. as well as some wires connected to poles. By the time we parked in front and got in the house, the power had just come back on. But the energy company, man, told David Duvall that we would have to get the phone internet people to reattach our phone and internet lines. And since it was a Sunday night, he says we are not able to get a live person on the line. When we were able the next morning, we were told that that, that they would be able to help us in about a week. Now, the second time David Duvall and his family had internet problems, he says, was, he says, when we arrived at our house, our new house in Texas. David says, I had not arranged for internet service before. We arrived, but thought that it would it would not be a problem getting immediate service. After all, the router was still attached to the wall. So the internet company in Texas could simply switch the number and, and turn us on. But how foolish, David says, of me to think such an economical and environmentally sustainable solution could ever work. Each router box, I was told, belonged to the customer and could not be switched over to a new customer. We would have to order a new router box. I just learned
1: something,
0: <laughs> which would arrive in, four, in about four days. So David says, my reaction to both situations was exactly the same. So you're, if your internet doesn't work, you can react in one of three ways, That's David right. says. Number one, first reaction, first anger. Yep. My internet doesn't work. Why can't they just get over here, the internet company, and and get us up? Or your second reaction could be, if your internet doesn't work, is relief. You say, ah, now we don't have any internet connection. Perhaps, you know, I can read a book. Uh, I could live an internet life, an an internet free life again. I could, uh, just like at the beginning of my marriage, uh, again, grab one of your books or engage in old-fashioned conversations with people in your house, on your block. Uh, so the th- Or the third thing that you can do if your internet doesn't work, David says, is resignation. So in both situations, the delight in being internet free always turns to irritation that I gotta return again to the real world, the, the real r- world version of the matrix. But must, if you think about that word must in the sense of psychological compulsion and must in the sense of being compelled by the circumstances of modern life to return. Terry, the only thing a Catholic must do is get to heaven. That's the bottom. That's that's, that's it. Only, yeah,
1: that's what matters. Not
0: must have. It. I like my internet because you and I use it oh, to right. promote the gospel exactly. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I, I have no other use for the internet, Terry. I'm not on Facebook, social media. I'm not doing, I'm not talking to people in high school. None of that.
1: I know, I'm with you. All I
0: use the internet <laughs> for yeah. is I wake up in the morning, I look, get prayers from the internet. Yep. And I say, how can I get more people to fall in love with Jesus Day through the Internet? I have no other use for the Internet. Well said. And Jesse, what I like what he said
1: is keeping a disciplined life of the Internet usage thoroughly tethered to certain periods of time would be a possibility. And this is called discipline. Jess, you know and I know as athletes, okay, if we didn't apply discipline to our profession, whether it's boxing or playing baseball, you gotta stick to the fundamentals. You gotta be disciplined about it. I like, for example, do you think every day I swim? Every single day I swim. Why? Because I want the exercise. I don't walk as much as I used to because I'm older. Swimming keeps me going for one purpose. I can serve my family. I can serve the church longer if I'm healthy. But you yes. see, discipline, whether it's the inner, yeah, I can watch a YouTube video, and not go swimming, right? Or I can go put my feet up and have it. No, I do everything. I try to do everything that what God would want me to do for the honor and glory of his name. And so I offer it all to him. But discipline, without discipline in your life, in my opinion, Jesse, none of these things can happen because it takes saying no to yourself to be successful
0: when it comes to following Christ. Terry, and that's a, that's a problem. The internet per se is not evil. It's not, no, it's not it's intrinsically neutral, really, evil.
1: You can be used for good.
0: Yes. The internet is like fire. Yeah,
1: there you go. It's a neutral
0: object. Yeah. Odd, fire's not evil. Yeah. If I burn your house, it's evil. Yeah. But if I put fire in the <laughs> chimney and keep myself warm in the winter, exactly. that's nice. Yeah. If I use fire to heat up, uh, you know, some soup, that's nice. Same with the internet. It's, it's, and, and it's all about internal self-control. And, and the only way you can do that, Terry, my argument is- Tell me. The only way somebody can have internal self-control is through a life of faith and prayer in the sacraments. Oh yeah. Without those three in place, yeah. it is impossible. It is impossible to control your passions. St. Thomas Aquinas says that every, this is in the catechism what I'm saying, quoting uh, St. Thomas, he says that every human being has seven, uh, excuse me, 11 emotions. Yeah sometimes called passions, right. sometimes called appetites. Mm-hmm. All of us have 11, yep. you know, hate, anger, joy. I, I can grab the catechism and read them off to you. But here's the point. You can be mastered by your passions and be angry, be, be sad. You can let your passions master you or you can master your passions. Yeah. The only way you can do that is by that internal mechanism called the life of faith the life of prayer and the sacraments that gives you the strength to master your passions again the internet could be used for great good but let's be honest I've read articles that say that the vast amount of people that use the internet Terry is for pornography Well, 80% of still 80% that's, of what's on what the internet
1: that's what I read is yeah. porn
0: So, and I've also read uh, there's also good uh, academic websites that say that uh, like constant use of the internet and social media oh, yeah. causes depression, yeah. causes anxiety and stress. Yeah. So w- once again, it-, it goes to show you that th- the wisdom of the Catholic church, that all things in moderation, Yes, all things, you know, use temperance, yes. moderation, don't let these things control your life. You control these things. That's right. Terry, that's, go ahead. No,
1: Jess, I just want to say that what you just said about the Internet. Uh, yes, it's all about moderation. What We have one thing that we're not moderate with, our love of God. Okay? That's right. So everything else is centered around that. So ask yourself this question. Is my Internet time bringing me closer to Jesus Christ mm. or further away?
0: Simple. Did I get any simpler than that, Jess? Yeah, no, that, that's good. That's That's a good way of putting it. Um, and, and I'll tell you. Remember that the internet not only gives you it gives you images. There's also it's, it's audible. Also, you know, with, with speakers. Yes. And let's not forget that uh, God has has deigned it so that demons have access to our emotions. That's right. Demons have access to our passions and appetites. These are called the lower faculties right. of the soul, and they can be triggered very simply by an impure image by a, by a, a lascivious song of with course, lascivious lyrics. Of course. And so again, the demons work very powerful powerful, especially Terry through the internet on the sense of the eyes. This yeah. is why in Catholicism, there's always this, 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 this constant spiritual direction that comes back from the fathers of the church yeah. about taking custody of your eyes. That's right. Because it's, in fact, yesterday I just went to go get my annual eye. Well, it's, like, it's been like three years since I've been to an eye doctor. <laughs> so I went to go get my uh, every three-year eye exam. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, and I was just asking, asking the doctor yesterday. I said, I read that when you guys look into the eye and stuff, that you guys could actually see if the person has diabetes or cancer. Right, or, right. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, there's about six diseases to, that we can see when I, we look at the corner of your eye right when on. I'm doing all these studies. I can see by your eye he says, it, it, it tells me what sickness you presently have. He goes, He goes. an hour ago, a lady came in, and I just told her, I said, by the way, your eyes uh, tell you that you have diabetes. Uh, you go check yourself. She call, She went to her doctor, came back, took a blood test, and said, doctor, you were right. I went to my doctor, took huh. a blood test. Uh, I have 1st aid diabetes. And Amazing. he goes, yeah, I was able to see it through your eyes. So again, the, the eyes not only tell an eye doctor about physical problems, the the eyes are also the window to the soul. Amen, brother. Whatever you're taking in with your eyeball, you're you're taking into your soul. And this is why Jesus Christ, you know, he 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 said, I know it's hyperbole, but Jesus Christ says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now he doesn't literally mean that, because if he literally meant that all of us would be walking without eyeballs. Yep. But what he does mean, he's making an exaggerated statement but he's driving home a real truth that you got to watch what you look at because you could sin with your eyes very easily. And
1: one other aspect that the article spoke about was the issue of communication with actually live people versus artificial things on the internet. So so many people don't have the interaction with somebody you know eyeball to eyeball, and that is really hurting our culture. I've ran into so many young people, Jesse. I've seen it where they're on the internet twenty four seven. But they can't talk to me. They can't talk to people, eyeball to eyeball. They don't have that interaction that was designed by God to have. We're social beings. Because what many of the things that are on the on the internet are fake. Okay? So they could be living a vicarious life of that's not in reality. And I think that also feeds to where we're at right now in our culture by having way too much of the internet to tell us, hey, you know, I might be a boy when I'm a girl. Oh, i I. think I am six foot eight. They. They say that that means you. That you are just by saying it. You know. See, they start teaching this stuff on the internet. You start believing. Well, maybe. Maybe I need to do that. So I think the bottom line on this article, Jess, is moderation and ask yourself that question: Is it bringing me closer to Christ or further away from Christ? Amen.
0: All right, Jess. Hey, what do we got next, brother? Yeah. Up next, we're what? going to talk about. Uh Catholic priests. It's a good article. It's called A Loving Tribute to Our Catholic Priests. St. Ambrose of Milan, he says, uh, God made them vicars of his love. We'll be right back. Don't change that dial. Stay with us, family.
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. This is a great segment, folks. A loving tribute to our priests. And I love the quote from St. Ambrose. He made them the vigors of his love.
0: Wow. I think, Go ahead, I think yeah. this is written by a nun, Terry.
1: Yeah, it is. Catholic nun. Yeah, she, did. she
0: writes this. When I was a novice in the religious life, I knew a young a young sister who began suffering from panic attacks and depression. Yep. This was something she had been enslaved to throughout her entire life mainly due to a profoundly traumatic childhood marked by several situations of abuse, Mm -hmm. as well as the fact that she was raised outside of the Catholic faith. Even though she had a tremendously beautiful desire to give her whole life to Jesus as a contemplative nun, the silence of the cloister and the interior struggles of the religious life overwhelmed her and greatly intensified her emotional struggles. One tough day led to another, And she began to fall back into a terrible habit she'd wrestled with countless times for many years in the past. That of physically harming herself out of sheer desperation. So one evening, this young novice, who was going to be a nun, she realized what she was doing to herself was in fact a mortal sin. So she did not receive Holy Communion the next morning at Mass. I know she she had suicidal ideation; she wanted to hurt herself. She had a good she, conscience, though, Jess. Yeah. So she says, "Man, I can't go to yeah, Communion. No, I right can't now. do it. I got to get this thought out of my mind." Yeah. Her spiritual father happened to be the priest offering the Mass for the sisters that morning, and having noticed that she didn't come to Communion, the priest wrote her a note later that day asking her why. She gave him an honest answer. Instead of looking down on her with shame. The priest invited her to come to confession, and he said he would be happy to, uh, happy to offer a Mass just for her that evening. At that Mass, the mercy of God washed over her. Well, that's a good description of the Mass. Love it. The mercy of God washes <laughs> over you. Wow, I like Yes, that. As a balm of clemency, washing away her angst and self-hatred, helping her to remember the Father to whom she truly belongs, the infinitely loving Father who holds her in the palm of His almighty hand, and in the depths of His sacred heart, mm-hmm. in the sacrosanct, illuminating silence of that Mass. Oh, I love that description. That is beautiful. That, that, yeah, that reminds me again, like the you know just the TLM, yeah. the, the illuminating silence of that Mass. Mm-hmm. She encountered the healing power of His divine love in an extraordinary way. And she was never the same again. She never harmed her body after that day. And any temptation she had to do seemed to manage from then on. So, Terry, so one good confession and one good holy mass washed away all the suicidal ideation that this young nun that she had. It was taken away and it never came back to her. Go ahead. Jesse, you've said this over and
1: over again. Father Chad Ripperger, Father Morris, uh, all said that a good confession can be even more powerful than an exorcism. And you what? see it right here. And there's an example of it. Yeah. Exhibit A. Yeah. Powerful. Was, and, Jess, the, these are beautiful testimonies of how, I mean, what did Padre Peel say in the article? It would be easier for the world to survive without the sun than to do without the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Could we not say that it would be easier for the world to survive without the sun than to do without our Catholic priests who alone can offer the Mass? Jesse. This is what's so special. I don't believe a lot of our priests even realize hmm. that that is a fact. Now, I have stories of my own personal life with priests who have told me so many times they, they get so blessed because so many times someone at the end of their life they're able to get their uh, confession in, anoint them, uh, uh, you know, give them holy communion, and send them off. Okay. To eternity. I mean, can you imagine, Jess, what that must be like as a Catholic priest who's doing that
0: on a regular basis? Give me a That's break. That's my goal. That's this, my there's goal. nothing That's better, a, Jess. Get sent off to heaven by a Catholic priest. Yeah. Terry, I know you wanted me to share a story. I do.
1: I, I, I pushed you because you only got a. This is a powerful <laughs> testimony of your own witness of a priest early. I'll set the stage early in your life as a Christian. Yes. How did he touch you? And then you touched him back and paid him back with the same thing he gave you.
0: Father John Wadovich, rest in peace. He was an oblate of Mary Maclet. I was attending Santa Rosa Catholic Church in California. This is back in the 80s and 90s. Yep. Uh, I was good friends with him. He'd come over to my house for breakfast. He'd come over my house for dinner. Mm -hmm. He baptized my firstborn son, Paul. Yep. Uh, And and one day, uh, we didn't see Father John Wadovich at the 8 o'clock Mass that we attended to one week, two weeks, three weeks. I said, Mm -hmm. hey, hmm, what's going on? So I asked the pastor, Father David, after Mass. I said, hey, where's Father John? I haven't seen him in three weeks, Father John mm-hmm. Wadovich. Uh, the pastor, Father David Ulrich, said, oh, just pray for him. He's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and he goes, I'm going to be announcing it at every mass today. Mm-hmm. I said, what? My friend, Father John Wadovich, has cancer? No way. Mm-hmm. I said, where's he at?" He goes, oh, he moved to Texas. He's living with his parents in home hospice. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I put a, a, a bulletin announcement today in the bulletin in case people want to know so they can start praying for him. Uh I went to the parish rectory and asked Maria, the parish secretary, I said, hey, is there a phone number where I can call Father John Wadovich? We're good friends. He'd love to hear from me. But Maria told me, he goes, I can't give you his contact information because he's very ill. He wants his privacy. He doesn't want anybody to contact him. So uh, it, th- this conversation, it didn't sit right with me. I, th- I said, "Now there's something fishy here. Something There's something more. Mm-hmm. But I just kept Father John Wadovich in my thoughts and occasionally prayed for him. And uh, I kept pestering Maria every day calling up, hey, can I have Father John Wadovich's number? No, you can't, Jess. Okay. Well, one day, I guess she got so fed up after about a month or two, uh, Maria called me up and said, Jess, I said, Yes, Maria. Father John is in is here at the parish rectory. He'd like to speak to you. Wow. Man, Terry, I was over there in two cents, two sets flat. Two, <laughs> in, two seconds flat.
1: Yeah.
0: I got to the rectory, bolted through the door. Maria greeted me she says, Come in, he's waiting for you. She pointed down the hall to a room. I ran down the hall to the room where he was in. I saw saw my friend, Father John Wadovich, laying on a bed. He looked like a skeleton, Terry, skin and bones. He was tall. He was about six foot four, uh, which made him look even thinner. And I ran towards him. I bent down and I embraced him chest to chest, kind of in in a fraternal Christian love. Both of us started crying. We're both teary-eyed. I told him how much I missed him. I asked him why he didn't call me. And he told me that he was embarrassed. I said, why are you embarrassed about having cancer? There's nothing embarrassing about having cancer. Then suddenly, Terry, the light bulb went off in my head. Yeah. And I looked at him. I said, Father, you don't have cancer, do you? I said, you've got AIDS. Father Wadovich says, yes, Jesse, I have AIDS. I was brokenhearted, but I didn't say anything. I didn't didn't become judgmental. Then Father Wadovich went into a tyrant speaking against Holy Mother Church. He began screaming at the top of his lungs. That church is wrong about homosexuality. Mm. That church must change her teachings. That church has to catch up with the times. <clears throat> I disagree with the church's teachings. I was a young, I was probably in, in my, my late 20s. <clears throat> I was apolitic to hear a Catholic priest speaking like this. Yes. But he was sick, lying in bed, dying of AIDS.
1: Yes.
0: And uh, and again, his present condition showed that he was absolutely wrong about his position. Sure. I kind of lost my cool for a second. Good. I began yelling back at him. Yep. I said, no, father, you're wrong. The church is right. You better repent. You're dying. And I refuse to let a friend of mine go to hell. You understand? You've got to repent and confess your sins now before it's too late. I'm not going to let you go to hell. I grabbed him by his shirt lapel. Wow. And I and, and I picked him up. Yeah. And I think I'm like shaking him like a rag doll. You know, I was young. I was pretty strong and in shape. Yeah. Uh, but Terry, I was witnessing the power of sexual sin, blinding a priest. Wow. Well, father, after I shook him for a couple of times, I'm yelling right back at his face. He says, okay, okay, okay. You're right. You're right. Then I let him, I put him down I let him back. I laid him back in the bed. He's, he took a deep breath and he says, Jesse, the reason I called you because I knew you're the only person in the parish who would tell me the truth and sent me straight. Wow. And so he goes, there's 4,000 families here. He goes, nobody. I live with seven priests and 4,000 families. A lot of people know that I've been a closet homosexual. He says, you're the only person that I know would tell me what I need to hear.
1: Praise God.
0: So again, Terry, at that moment, I embraced him affectionately. Yes. You know, brotherly love. I ran down the hallway, called Father Dave Ulrich, the pastor. He goes, call Father David. I ran and said, Father Ulrich, Father John Wadovich wants confession. Father goes, what did you do to him? Way to go, Jesse. Good job. (laughs) He ran down the hallway, put on a stole. And uh, I stood outside the room. I started praying the rosary on my fingers. I'm walking up and down the hallway, praying the rosary on my fingers. By the time I finished the rosary, he finished. So So he, he confessed for 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. Father David walked out, put his right thumb up in the air and nodded his head up and down. And saying, wow, that was a good confession. He walked back to his office. I went back into the uh, into the uh, hospice, the room with Father John Wadovich. And I told him, I'm proud of you, man. It takes a real man to own up to their sins. And I told him, I said, I know you're going to die before me. I said, Father, Father John Wadovich, kiss Jesus for me when you see him and mm-hmm. kiss Mary for me. And I told him, give give Venerable Sheen a big holy hug for me, because of the of the incredible amount of knowledge that I've learned through through all these tapes that a guy named Terry Barber gave me. So uh, Jesse, yeah, Terry, uh, this I, is went a great story. I went home. I went home. I went to, home to work. Yep. I had a pager. It was we, we didn't have cell phones yet. Yeah. We had pagers. Yeah. I'm in the county jail. I'm working. I think four to midnight. I get a page like at nine o'clock, at ten o'clock at night. I look at my page. It's from Maria, and it says. Uh, Jess, Father John Wadovich has just passed away. We just wanted to let you know.
1: Wow. You know, Jesse, this is why canon law, the last canon of canon law says that everything we do is about souls, salvation of souls. And Bishop Sheen said it well when he said, if souls are saved, everything is saved. But if souls are not saved, nothing is saved. And what you did there, you gave him uh, what he gave you Early in your life yes yes. and the very fact that's what i call sacrificial love where you came back and told them the tough things that needed to be said i wish our world today would realize more and more in the church that it's not merciful to let somebody live in sin it's not merciful it's it's actually um it's, it's actually a sin of, of omission for us to let someone wallow in their sin. If we know they're sinning and we say nothing. See, Jess, if you would have just said, well, that's just the way it goes. No, you had the opportunity to, in, to give him the gospel. And now whether he accepted it or not, that's on him. Fortunately, the prayers and sacrifices, I'm sure other people were praying for him. He said yes to Jesus, his last day on earth. And that's what matters, Jess. So I think that story should inspire all of us to speak out, especially when relatives or friends are away from the faith. Share the gospel with them, please.
0: Jesse, I hear the music. What state should we be living in, brother? Always and everywhere in a state of sanctifying grace. Never and no way live in a state of mortal sin. If you're in mortal sin right now, go to confession as soon as possible. Get right with Jesus. Stay right with Jesus. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Be holy or die trying. Well said. And thanks for sharing that personal
1: story. I know I was inspired by that and I know others are too. Don't forget Our Lady of Fatima. She said it so well. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Yeah. Are you willing to embrace suffering for love of God? Please say yes. Because you know what? Every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And thanks for supporting us on our mission to set the mission of the church the salvation of souls. God love you and your family.